BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Presented here today for you to enjoy is a special 15-minute preview of this week's Top Rope Nation Extra Patreon exclusive bonus podcast. A really good discussion. I'm sure you would enjoy if you enjoy our typical flagship podcast. And like I said, the only way to hear this full show is by joining the Patreon page. The link is here in the broadcast description. it going everybody it has been a while february was the last time an edition of top rope nation extra dropped i promised you we would do some of these this summer and here we are closing out june it's ryan drosty driving the car here on top rope nation extra for the first time in a while but i am joined by a familiar voice that longtime listeners will recognize in fact i believe this is the fifth time He's appeared on Top Rope Nation Extra. We can talk about that here in just a second. He is none other than your favorite whole city fan and mine, Tiger Rick himself. Rick Skelton, how you doing today, sir? How you doing, Ryan? Great I'm, to speak to you. I'm good. It is very hot here. We are in the midst of a drought in the Midwest. It is almost 90 degrees here at uh, 10 o'clock in the morning. It's rained about one time in the last month or month and a half. It's... Uh, my lawn feels like straw outside. <laughs> I'm currently watering the grass, but I think it is, at this point, almost pointless to do so. What's it like over there in, in the mother country? Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty warm. Um, it's. Uh, I've. I've looked this up. It's. 70, it's 75 uh, in your money today. So, um, not. Not the warmest, but it's going. It's going to heat up over the weekend. Um, okay. We. We did have a a month or two without any rain, but uh, last week was really wet. Um, so, so the grass is green. Nice. We, we are maybe going to get some thunderstorms tomorrow. We're, we'll see Cross my fingers, but yeah, it was, uh, you know, I just got back from Chicago last night. I attended dynamite. We'll be talking about that on the flagship here pretty soon. Got back, you know, kind of late was burned out a little bit from driving, but it was really nice in Chicago. It was like mid seventies there. Not, it's about a four and a half hour drive for me here. It's, it's much hotter. Uh, and so because of the schedule yesterday, we actually pushed back the flagship, which will be episode 300. So patrons, you can expect that either Saturday or Monday. Justin and I are, are still talking about that, but we're giving you something to listen to before we hit 300 on the main feed. 
And this is going to be a really fun show, I think. It's a topic that you chose, Rick. And before we get to it, I was thinking about this. And I believe it's kind of odd because we've talked a lot over the years, you know, on DM and back and forth in the Facebook group. I think you and I have actually only talked on the microphones once. And it was back when we were doing the like the live Spotify green room shows for Top Rope Nation Extra. This would have been July 2021. And that was the first time you appeared on Extra. I think that's the only time we've actually spoken. Is that accurate? Yeah, that's right. I think, yeah, it's, um, it was during the 2020 European Championships that got pushed back. Uh, I remember talking to uh, Frank, I think. Yeah, uh, about whether England were gonna, whether England were going to win it, yeah, it was, it was during those group shows that you, that you guys used to do where you, you called a lot of people in. So. That's right. Uh, it was good fun, yeah, yeah. I did that from my car, uh, just after soccer. <laughs> Very nice. And then you've done a, a few, I think, three top rope nation extras with Kyle. You guys did one on one that I actually cut for our YouTube channel. The whole discussion on over over what marked different WWE eras. That was last June. You were on one uh, last September, best WWE IC champions of all time, and then uh, a 30th anniversary of Raw and a recent Rumble history show this past January. And I know all the shows that you did with Kyle always got rave reviews. People really enjoyed them. So I've been wanting to get you back on here. I I messaged you a couple months ago saying we're going to do this. And here we are finally, got the scheduling worked out, and you picked the topic, which was taking a look at some of the best storylines in WWE history. So tell the listeners what made you think of this as a topic. Yeah, um, a friend of mine on, on a forum um, posted, um, and I thought it was a bit hyperbolic, but uh, a, a week or two ago after SmackDown, um, he posted to say he thought the, the bloodline angle that they've been doing is, is the best story they've ever told. Um, and, and I didn't reply to it, um, mainly because uh, it, it made my blood boil. Um, that's because I'm a grumpy old man Um, but no I I thought about it when when you asked about a topic I thought actually that's that's been burning me up so that'd be be quite cool to talk about and I I don't want to trash it too much because I I do think it's very good and I think it's certainly the best storyline that they've done in years if not decades but um, I don't know I I started thinking about the ones that I, I like the best and um, I, I, I go for a lot of walks and I get a podcast on. That's that's when I often listen to you guys. And um, sometimes I just get completely distracted on, on my walks. So I was just walking along the other day and uh, I don't know what I looked at, but it just made me go, Daniel Bryan. <laughs> <laughs> was there a goat like Daniel. walking around or? Yeah, just just walk, walk, uh, go, go for a walk, get some steps in, a uh, bit of exercise. And uh, I just thought, yeah. Daniel Bryan, that's that's another one to discuss. So, yeah, I, I have been mulling this over a couple of weeks, so it'd be great to, to talk it through with you. Yeah, I mean, anyone who's in our Facebook group, Rick, they know that you're not super high on the current WWE product. You watch AEW quite often, but your historical knowledge of wrestling is extremely high. So I'm really looking forward to this discussion. I, I had to go back because I know on the Royal Rumble show that we did this year, you know... Um, and the Sammy turn and everything. I was really high in the main feed on the the storyline itself. And I was like, I didn't call that the best story of all time, did I? So I, I had to go back and I said, maybe the best story of the last 20 years. So I was looking like post attitude era. And then I went through some of the examples in the 2000s where I thought it was, it was a better story than that. But def- I would not say it's the best story they've ever told. I would also disagree with that. We're going to talk about some better examples here. 
I think. And we'll get into some modern history as well because they've done some decent things in the last 20 years. But yeah, the bloodline, it stacks up pretty well to those. Although perhaps how it's played out since the Rumble has left something to be desired. Maybe we can get that in a little bit here. But uh, if you look at this as a whole, I know you have in your notes here what your pick is for the best story they have ever told. And so tell the listeners, what do you think is the best WWF WWE storyline of all time? I think uh, this is tight because I do have some, I do have some other favorites um, and, and spoiler alert, they're, they're, they're Bret Hart based, but um, I, no I complaints. Think, no, I think it's Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage. Um, I, I think that entire story and that, uh, I did think of another point on this since since I wrote the notes, but I, I just think that entire story from going from from Randy Savage winning the title at Mania Four, um, the, the the way that the the turn slowly happened, the way that Lust Hogan um, would, mm-hmm. uh, would 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 get more and more attracted to, to Elizabeth and some some of the angles like uh, when she fell off the off the ring apron and and Hogan caught her and. And then eventually the, the blow up on Saturday night's main event and then the match at Mania 5. I, I just think that's incredible storytelling. It's clearly planned miles out. Um, and then I, and I think the biggest the biggest thing you can say about it, which is where when we come to the, the Bret Hart stuff, the, the, that's the biggest difference between those and this, is that was incredibly, um, it drew incredibly, sorry, um, so the 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 rating for Mania Five, the house show business, uh, all the way from Savage as champion right through to Savage chasing Hogan post Mania Five. Um, you, you could even make the argument that they could have that they, they should have kept the title on on Savage at Mania Five because business um, with Hogan chasing was so good mm-hmm. um, that they could have maybe um, maybe dragged it out longer, which they definitely would do these days. <laughs> oh, no uh, question. Yeah. But uh, yeah, for for me it's that, um, and I know you're a you're a Randy Savage guy as well, so mm-hmm. uh, I, pr- I presume you're high on that one. Oh yeah, I I could agree with that. I mean, I'd say for me there's two or three that are in that, like you said, it's a it's a tight argument that are in the in the rotation there. But I I could not argue with you. I mean, just from the business perspective, again, seven hundred and sixty-seven thousand buys on pay per view. It was. By far the most Mania would do until the Attitude Era. I believe Mania 15. I think that beat every number until then. So incredibly successful. Um, it was doing more, of course, more buys than Mania 4. I think they did 650,000. So they increased business. You said the live attendance was up. Absolutely. Uh, and yeah, you know, we've talked about it before on the pod. Just the details. <laughs> we've had the uh, the argument was Savage actually the babyface? If you go back and watch that, was Hogan the heel? I mean, now no doubt he was the possessive boyfriend, actually, you know, husband behind the scenes. Uh, and Hogan was definitely he did have lust in his eyes. Rick, would you agree? Uh, definitely, yeah. Randy Savage was the babyface all the way. Um, <laughs> I think I think the point on the live gate is, is an interesting one because obviously it was the second mania at Trump Plaza. Um, so therefore, although I think the, the gate was high, the actual attendance was. Uh, was pretty low, um, so the, uh, they could they could have the stadium for that surely. Um, when you when you think what they did at Mania three, mm-hmm. they could they could have done that again at Mania five. Um, I think so. I think I think it's a real shame. Obviously, they would for Mania six. They go back to um, Toronto, wouldn't they, Sky Dome? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that could definitely be a dome show. The only thing I have in terms of the long term planning, the only thing I have against it is there's a, a famous story that. 
Ted DiBiase was supposed to win the title at Mania 4. And um, it was it was the fact that the was it the honky tonk man wouldn't drop the yeah yeah that um, that led to a change and Randy Savage being um, becoming the winner at Mania Four. So I, I just think with with that whole story and and the fact that if DBOC did win the title at Mania Four, then I don't know what the plan is then. So I, I can't decide whether that's not really true. Whether DBOC would have just lost to Randy Savage and they'd gone on. Um, as as they did, or whether um, or, or whether they made all of this up on the fly based on that, but whatever they did, um, that entire year from Mania four to five, I think is is the best stuff that they've ever done. Yeah, by a mile. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You, you mentioned it. SummerSlam, Saturday night's main event, all the details, the little looks. You know, Hogan touching uh, Liz's rear. Um, you know everything they did, and then Savage glancing at him and. Yeah, eventually the Saturday Night's main event is is one of the most recognizable, most famous television broadcasts in WWE history, for sure. Um, you made a gr- interesting points on the Dome, and could they have run a Dome for five? I I think definitely it would have sold out. I'm, I'm trying to think where they could have ran that. I just had to look up when did the Sky Dome open, and that actually opened in June 89, so they probably could not have run the sky dome unless they could have got them to push ahead on the schedule a little bit it wouldn't have been a little too early um yeah i think i feel like we've talked about this in the show before a lot of the domes you know like astrodome was in the south not traditionally wwf territory probably wouldn't be running the hoosier dome at that point in indiana um outdoor shows you know at the time would have been i don't know if they would have taken that risk in 89 so, like, yeah, I think they could have done it. Their options were maybe a little bit limited. Uh, they could have, yeah, I don't think they would have ran Seattle, the old kingdom at that point in time. So it feels like maybe they would have yeah, had to do it outdoors. Yeah, I mean, could they have done something big like uh, LA, like they tried to do in 91? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, it fell apart, but um, I feel like that would that would have been a, a pretty big uh, market at that time that they could that they could have done. Um, yeah, I, I get the, the the dome thing. There, obviously, maybe I mean maybe they weren't considering stadium shows because they, they hadn't done that many for a long time, had they? Apart from the baseball stadium, but uh, they definitely couldn't have done Soldier Field. I tell you that for nothing. I went in. Uh, I went the end of April, um, sadly to watch a soccer match and not the Bears. But uh, <laughs> that, that, that place cold. Pretty cold, yeah. And you know, Soldier Field then was the old configuration up until 2002 when they redid it. So it actually sat more people than it does today. So they would have had a bigger live gate, but yeah, it would have been pretty cold in early April. Yeah, it'd been pretty big. Yeah, even even this field wasn't uh, hot enough to uh, <laughs> to take away that wind. Soldier Field. <laughs> yeah, you know, you said it though. If you look at outdoor venues, yeah, L.A. certainly that would have been a massive crowd. I I could have seen them maybe even doing well. DC, I mean the old RFK, maybe again New York would have been too cold. They wouldn't run Giant Stadium at that point in time. Yeah, you would have to look at a warmer market for sure. LA seems like maybe the most obvious, especially since they try to do it two years later. I think yeah, in '89, given where business was, the hot angle, they probably could have got pretty damn close to selling it out. If if not selling it out, I mean that's a massive, massive venue, the Coliseum, but that would have been the angle for it. I think so. Definitely, nobody would have had to uh, send Sergeant Slaughter any death threats. I think. If they were <laughs> yeah. So, so when it when it comes to Hogan angles in, in the '80s, you would rank this then above Andre, correct? 
Yes, um, mentioned Andrea on my list. I mean, I think I think that's another incredible build. Um, I think it's a little bit shorter, isn't it? It goes back to yeah. Um, is it the when did they do the angle where um, Hogan gets the Wrestler of the Year trophy? I think, and, and Andrea gets like February. sort of little. I believe yeah. it's February. Yeah, early February. So um, I think I think the build for that isn't as long. Um, although they obviously try and um, hack back uh, quite a long time on the, on the commentary. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.